Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But it shall come to pass, verse 15, if you do not, if, there's a word again, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And here it is. And in fact, verses uh, 16 through 19 are an exact undoing of verses 3 through 6 that we saw early in the chapter. So if you think of it, Put a little uh, parentheses around verses uh, 3 through 6 and 16 through 19 because you're going to see an, an undoing of the blessings. He's just going to say, now cursed are these things going to be. You'll notice when I read it. Welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins to list the curses within chapter 28 of the book of Deuteronomy. These curses are God's prophetic message to the nation of Israel at the time they were to enter the promised land. The curses are based on disobedience to God's commands. As Christians, we know there are negative consequences for disobeying God's word. God knew the trouble Israel would get into and warned them of the curse to their actions. We should also heed God's warning of consequences that occur in our lives as a result of our sin. Thankfully, as believers in Jesus Christ, we know that if we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive us. Here's Pastor Rob with today's study. Commandments and perform them. Circle this. Then. It's an if-then statement, conditional statement. Then, if you, if you walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, and you perform them, not just listening, but actually doing something about it, then I will give you rain in its season, and the land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Notice, all these things are tied to the land, their agriculture the fruit of the womb, their livestock. I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid, even peace. I will rid the land of evil beasts, lions and asps, poisonous snakes, wolves. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land. Verse 7, you will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemy shall be, fall by the sword before you. For I will look favorably on you. I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful. Notice, multiply you, confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. Speaks of God's blessing in, the, in their fields. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and I'll be your God, and you shall be my people. What greater thing could that be? What a great peace. Can you imagine to have Almighty God, His presence, dwelling in a specific place like this? 
I mean, you can imagine coming in here on Sunday morning and, and seeing the Shekinah glory over the platform. Of course, I'd be down here on my face, you know, hopefully. <laughs> but can you imagine? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Later on in that same chapter in verse 40 of Leviticus 26, it says this, but if, there's your word again. If you see it in verse 40, circle it. But if they confess their iniquity, speaking of Israel, the Jews, and the iniquity of their fathers with with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. Notice, circle this, if their uncircumcised heart. An uncircumcised heart is one that's disobedient. It's no longer following the things of God. But if your uncircumcised heart are humbled and they accept their guilt, then, circle the word then, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land, he says. Verse 43, the land also shall be left empty by them. Notice, this, this chapter is one of the most prophetic chapters in Deuteronomy. In fact, it, it, we're going to get into this here shortly because he's prophesying of, of the mistakes that they're going to make yet in the future. They're not even aware of their frailty. Aren't you glad that you're not aware of your own frailty, of what you're really capable of doing? But God knows, and he tells them in advance because they need to know it because they're going to be accountable again. If you do this, guys, this is what's going to happen. Do you understand? Let me tell you again, if you do this, please understand. I mean, he couldn't be more clear. He couldn't be more loving. Telling them the truth, the land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths before it lies desolate without them. That happened. In 722, you know this, they were led, the northern ten tribes were taken captive by the Assyrians. The land lay desolate. And even in 580, or 607, 606 B.C., the Babylonians came and they took the, the two remaining tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin, took them captive for 70 years. And, and the land lay desolate. And then fast forward in time, several hundreds of years, to 70 A.D., after Jesus died on the cross, and finally Jerusalem in 70 A.D. was totally destroyed by Roman by the Romans, Titus, Vespasian, destroying the entire Temple Mount. And by the way, those stones that were torn off the side of the Temple Mount are lying there today. If you go to Israel, you can, you can see them. They're still there. And they took and they made them desolate and for... Almost 2,000 years later, the land lay desolate after 70 A.D. It lay desolate. In fact, Mark Twain is quoted in a book that he wrote called The Innocence Abroad. In 1867, he went on a journey through Israel in 1867. Now remember, after the diaspora, after the breaking away, after the the, the Jews just kind of, after the... 70 A.D., many of them were killed, but many were able to escape, and they just went everywhere. 
and the land of Israel, all of that land just was desolate, thorns and bushes and cactuses. And notice what Mark Twain quoted of, quoted on a trip to Israel in 1867, 1800 and some years after the destruction. He said, it's a desolate country whose soil is rich enough, but is given over wholly to weeds, a silent, mournful expanse. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. We never saw a human being on the whole route. There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere, even the olives and the cactus. Those fast friends of the worthless soil had almost deserted the country. So Mark Twain, as he's making his way in 1867, he sees this, this is a desert wasteland. He hated it. He says, there's nothing beautiful about this place. And yet God told them, you know, 1,400, 1,600 years B.C., told them in advance that when you go in, you're going to be taken captive and your land is going to be desolate and it's, going to, it's Sabbaths. It's going to enjoy its Sabbaths that you didn't give it. Instead of working six days and resting on the seventh, you continue just working just to make money. You owe me. And that land, believe me, had its Sabbaths. But I love the hope and the faithfulness of God because in verse 44 he says, Yet for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies in Babylon, I will not cast them away, nor will I abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord your God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. And I love that. Boy, what a sore punishment they went through. What a sore judgment they went through because of their idolatry. Can you imagine being taken away from your homeland? I mean, somebody said... Um, prove to me that God is real. And one person said, Israel. (laughs) In 70 AD, they were scattered, many killed. And then what happens on May 14th, 1948? They come back into the land again. They still have their language. They still have their, their national identity. It's unheard of in any culture. It's never happened before. Never happened before. But with the Jews, it happened because God is in control. And then let's go back to chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. Notice from now until the end of the chapter, curses of disobedience. This is where it gets really fun. And I say that with an asterisk because this is not really fun, is it? To hear of God just detailing the things. If you're disobedient, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. This is the hard part. But I'll... As we get closer, we're going to see some of the most wonderful prophecies. But it shall come to pass, verse 15, if you do not, if, there's a word again, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And here it is. And in fact, verses 16 through 19 are an exact undoing of verses 3 through 6 that we saw earlier in the chapter. So if you think of it, put a little uh, parentheses around verses uh, 3 through 6 and 16 through 19 because you're going to see an an undoing of the blessings 
He's just going to say, now cursed are these things going to be. You'll notice when I read it. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall you be in your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land. Again, all tied to the land and produce and the body. And the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. Wow, that sounds great. Oh, my it's not great. Verse 20, the Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke and all that you set your hands to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. See, God is not so um, insecure that he needs the approval of man. But he loves us so much because he knows what sin does to us. It destroys us. And because we are his workmanship, all the way going back from Adam all the way up to the present, we are his workmanship. He cares about us so greatly because he knows. He made you. He, in fact, before you were even in the womb, he knew you. He knew your life. He knew your potential, what you were going to do, how you were going to serve him, the great gains that you were going to make for the kingdom of God, even though you might not know it now, but you will know it then. And you'll see all these things. You'll see all these things, and he does it because he loves you. He does it because he loves you. He knows what's right. He knows what's good. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, rebuke, and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed. Verse 21, the Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with burning, severe burning fever, with the sword, with the scorching, and then with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and your heavens shall, which are over your head shall be like bronze, and the earth which is under you shall be like iron. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed, and the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies." You shall go out one way against them, and you'll flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. And to this day, Israel is the troublesome stone in foreign policy. Every single United States president has tried to bring peace to the Middle East. I hope our president is smart enough to just say, you know what, I'm leaving it alone. I'm trusting the Lord. <laughs> That's what I would do if I were president. I bless the Jews. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. And he's speaking of the last days. He's speaking of in the millennial reign, or just, just before the millennial reign, in the tribulation toward the end. He says, Thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundations of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness, or in the King James, a cup of trembling to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered together against it. Can you imagine? There's coming a day when even our own country, according to this, is going to go against Israel. Verse 26. Back at Deuteronomy 28. Your carcass shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. 
The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors and the scab and the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart, and you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness, and you shall not prosper in your ways. You shall not only be oppressed and or you shall be only be oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. What a horrible horrible situation this is. In verse 30, you shall betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not gather its grapes. And your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. And your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long, and there shall be no strength in your hand. Verse 33, underline a nation. Underline a nation. He says, A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor, and you shall only be oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. And the Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed, and from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. You know, when the Lord does these kinds of things, it doesn't, he doesn't delight in doing that. But if you're like me, sometimes I can be so thick-headed. I need something. I, I, need, I need somebody to, to, to rattle my cage. I need someone to shake it. I need somebody to, to, to scream into my life. Because this world has a wonderful way of just lulling us to sleep, getting us so used to the status quo and comfort and ease, and we've become numb to everything. The, the TV that you watch just numbs you to everything, and all of a sudden you're like, well, it's okay for two men to be together, isn't it? I mean, they love each other. It's okay, you know, for a man to love his dog. I mean, it's okay, isn't it? In a certain context, it would be okay for a man to love his dog, but not in another. And the Bible talks all about that. It's a sin. It's a sin. Homosexuality is not a lifestyle. It is a sin. Heterosexual fornication is a sin. Bestiality is a sin. But, verse 36, the Lord... He will bring you, notice, and the king whom you set over you, notice, to a nation, underline a nation. Neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you shall serve other gods, lowercase g. And they're going to be made of, guess what, wood and stone. And again, this passage is prophetic because we know, again, that the Assyrians took the northern ten tribes out. The Babylonians came a hundred and some years later and took the, um, the, the, the Judah and Jerusalem and Benjamin, took them captive. And in Jeremiah chapter 52, just make a little note of it because you'll read that whole entire chapter. And Zedekiah was the last king to leave Jerusalem before he was taken captive. And you know what they did to him? Before they, they brought him to Babylon, they brought him up to Riblah on his way to Babylon. And there Nebuchadnezzar was, and they killed his 70 sons. I believe it was 70. They killed his sons right before his eyes. And once they killed the last son, they took his eyes out. The last thing he saw was his sons. And he would be taken by a nation which neither their fathers had known, and they would serve other gods. 
Verse 37, and you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. And to this day they are, unfortunately, even during World War II in the 40s, when uh, uh, Nazi Germany was, was, was just going after the Jews with such a vehemence. And so much false propaganda. You know, the, the pictures of the Jews in the newspaper of those days were hideous. They made them look like some kind of, you know, alternate beast. You know, they exaggerated everything about them. If they had a little bit of a longer of a nose, they made it look like Pinocchio. You know, they exaggerated everything. And they're the problem. They're the problem. And you hear the lie long enough, and pretty soon you start believing it. And then the, everyone is with you, Hitler, for the ultimate solution to take them all to Auschwitz, to throw them in the, in, the, in the acid showers and to gas them and then to throw them into the ovens and then have big piles of bodies that they would take bulldozers and just bulldoze them into a hole. I'll never forget that site when I was in Israel. In the Israel Museum, one of the last, last things you see when you leave is this video and I actually wept. I actually cried when I watched this thing. It just had, um, and sorry if it's a little graphic to you, but just piles, piles upon piles of bodies, men, women, children, just all contorted, piles of them. And they just had the bulldozer and they had the, the live foot. I mean, this was, this was on video. They had this black and white video of this bulldozer just bulldozing those bodies into a big pit and then just covering them with dirt. And it's like, never again, never again. Verse 37, you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with oil, for your olives shall drop off. And you shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. Is he prophesying? Is God showing them what's coming? It's pretty clear to me. He's sharing with them what's going to come. And the locust shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall become, you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail now. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commands you. Is he serious about holiness? Is he serious about obedience? Yes, he is. Is he doing it because he's insecure? No, he knows what's best for us. But if you're like me, I need sometimes the painful things to get me on track. I don't respond to, you know, to just nothing. I always respond really well to pain. Do you respond well to pain? It's really scary when you see somebody who doesn't respond to pain. I don't know what happens, but there, there are people out there. You, you can do anything to these, some of these young people, and they just do not engage at all. And boy, I tell you, that's a, that's a, that's a terrible place to be. Terrible place to be. And they shall be upon you as a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. Because, notice, again, you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. He gave them everything. 
They didn't even have to make houses when they, when, they, when they dispossessed those peoples in the land of Canaan. The fields were already plowed. There were already stuff happening. The houses were already built. There was already livestock there. They didn't have to do a whole lot. Everything had been provided for them. Therefore you shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you. Notice that, prophetic. In hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.